computer. So good afternoon and uh, welcome everyone. Thank you for those who've joined us. Uh, this is NeuroDigest, the special needs hangout edition, our final and season finale for this year uh, here today. And we're glad to be hosting all of you. And today we will be discussing Down syndrome. I will be talking to Anjira, who is a mother of a child who has DS. And we hope that you're going to be learning a lot. For those who are joining us for the first time, I'm your host, Sylvia Moramo Chapo, the founder of Andy Speaks for Special Needs Persons, where we champion for mainstreaming of neurodevelopmental disabilities. And one of the programs that we run is training, empowerment, and support of caregivers. And uh, during this COVID time, we've been having a very rough time. And we have uh, featured a lot of support speakers in terms of how do you handle your children? What is seizures? We've handled uh, adolescents menstrual hygiene so it has been a fully fully packed um, season and all of this for those who have missed it is available on our YouTube channel so you can subscribe make sure you subscribe and follow us and even follow us on our social media handles to be able to know what we're doing where what and when so that you do not miss out so today we will just dive right into Down syndrome. I'm sure many people don't even have an idea what Down syndrome is, but it's one of the neurodevelopmental disabilities that are there and uh, have various characteristics. And I would love for us to hear from Wanjiro so that she can tell us her story. And at the same time, educate us a bit on what Down syndrome is, uh, how many types, what are the challenges, and uh, how to overcome it because all stories are not the same. We all react and find out things differently and deal with them differently. Hey, Wanjira Karibu, and thank you for taking the time to join us today. So the floor is yours. Take it away, introduce yourself, and educate us first on what is Down syndrome, then now maybe we can dive into the journey and uh, we'll have a conversation. Like we say, this is a hangout, meaning we are just uh, interacting, having conversation, and anyone in the pan uh, who's joined us and would like to ask a question, please raise your hand or just type it on the chat handle and we will be sure to answer you and enlighten you. Thank you and thank you for joining us. Karibu Wanjira. Thank you, Sylvia. Thank you for the time. Um, my name is Wanjira. I um, a doctor or anything, I'm just a mother. So I will give you my perspective of Down syndrome. Um, so Down syndrome is a genetic uh, chromosomal disorder where the twinned um, chromosome has, instead of it being in double, it has a triplicate. So instead of having a total of 46 uh, chromosomes, um, children, uh, people, persons with down chromosomes. Um, so with that, um, it's genetic. It, it, it wasn't uh, my fault. There was a fault. It just, you know, just one of those things, as someone explained, it, it, it's sporadic. Um, there has been myth around um, most people having children with Down syndrome who are above the age of 40. Um, it being a major risk, but it's more of a myth because many of moms who have children with Down syndrome um, have them below the age of 35, but Say that they are not the ones above 45. So what I'm trying to emphasize is it's it's not anyone's fault. It's just if the there are three types of uh, Down syndrome. There is educational, which um, is a very small percentage that tends to be um, 
genetic. It can be passed on from parent to child. Then there is mosaic, where the 21st chromosome is very close to another chromosome. So um, the traits of Down syndrome um, um, appear. And then there is classical, which has the highest um, majority of, um, which most people have. Um, so with that said, um, I've said the types. The major challenges are developmental, uh, delayed developmental milestones and um, um, intellectual um, delays. Um, so with that said, it's, they, they've never said that there is just like all of us um, typical pe uh, people, we have different strengths and weaknesses and um, it presents with people who live with Down syndrome. To overcome, I think it's an everyday thing. It's, um, I think the first thing uh, important is acceptance. Acceptance as um, the caregiver and the parents acceptance from family at large, but I think it starts more so from the person who has a daily interaction with the child. So once you accept, um, it's hard to tell how long you'd be able to say accept, accept, acceptance is a process. Um, you grieve, you grieve the child you thought you were going to have. And once you grieve, then now slowly you start coming to accept. So I think overcoming is acceptance. It is, um, once you accept, then now you now roll whatever punches come your way. So Down syndrome, um, children tend to have um, uh, hypotonia, which is a low muscle tone. So they are unable to um, reach their milestones of um, their, their neck being able to handle their head, the sitting, the walking, the running. So um, just like there is need for food and love and everything, children with Down syndrome really need early intervention of um, therapy that is uh, occupational therapy and physiotherapy, them to be able to achieve their milestones. I think that's also one of the ways to overcome or even to have a better uh, outcome in terms of how well your child is able to adjust and adapt to various environments. I, I tend to believe early intervention has been key and will continue to be key. Um, then all the others are um, psychological. Um, I think just putting yourself in the space of of allowing yourself to be vulnerable because this is the first time you're becoming a mom to a person or a little child who has this disability and it's not a disease, it's just a condition that um, you have to figure out what is best for you and your child and now be able to push through. Um, maybe Sylvia, you can let me know whether there's anything else I have missed um, um, that I would probably need to highlight. Uh, let me just extract the, the, the reading of the summary. Normally, as Andy speaks, we have uh, summaries of all the conditions. So in summary, you find Down syndrome is a chromosomal disorder resulting from an extra copy or an extra material of chromosome 21. This imbalance is yes. 
in chromosomal expression causes mild to moderate intellectual disability. So Down syndrome is not a disease and it is not contagious. People need to know that. And uh, some of the characteristics that you will find uh, of, uh, of DS uh, kids, you will find uh, there, there is, I, this cannot be seen, but I'll try and uh, put it up later. So you will find they have something we call a simian crease that's in the hand. Yeah, then you will find between the first and the second toe, there is a gap. That is one of the other characteristics of a person with Down syndrome. And then there is something they call, where this word is hard, epicardic fold that is on the face. And then you will find they have upward slanting eyes. So you'll see like the eyes are slightly uh, slimmer and slanted. Then you'll find that their nostril bridge is a bit flat, and then there is a protruding tongue. So you'll find not everyone will have the same characteristics. Not every child will have the same. They're all different, and even the intensity is different depending on, on uh, how the chromosomes split. And some of the challenges that you find where the children are born with, especially at birth, and this is one of the challenges that I hope that at least our healthcare system will be able to intervene in good time because you find that uh, parents suffer and discover these things a bit later. So you'll have, uh, they either have a congenital heart condition. I know I have a nephew who has, and uh, we, had, we had to actually have a heart operation when he was very young because of that. Then you have gastrointestinal problems such as obstruction. Then you have um, celiac disease is one of the other challenges that they highly suffer from. Then you'll have problems with memory, judgment, and coordination. And then you have hearing conditions as, such as uh, sensineural hearing noise, and uh, also eye problems such as cataracts or farsightedness. So you'll find very young children with DS wearing specs. Uh, also, you'll find also like to correct and align their eyes for those who get affected. And then you will find thy thyroid conditions also as one of um, the health risks that you find um, with people with DS. So uh, tell us your story, Wendira. How did you find out? How early, how late, how did it affect you? Okay, um, it's true, Sylvia. More, um, um, most, I mean, whatever you've said about what they mostly suffer from is, is true. Mm -hmm. To emphasize it, because um, remember when I talked about hypotonia, mm -hmm. everything you have mentioned is a muscle. So everything is weakened. Mm -hmm. And not all children suffer from all those they, uh, all those conditions, but uh, more more often than not, you find a majority with maybe a thyroid problem, and then now uh, you know thyroid is um, actually a very important hormone, and um, if not well um, monitored, it, it it would it will hamper. Um, uh, brain development and uh, also height. So thanks for highlighting that. So my story is um, Getagia is my second born. I have three boys. Um, one is seven, Getagia is four and uh, three months, and I have a two year and four months old um, son. So uh, I got him at uh, 34 years. And the pregnancy, I've never had a problem with pregnancy. Pregnancy was very smooth sailing. 
um, I did, I, I mean, I basically did everything that um, someone would possibly do when they're pregnant. Mm -hmm. uh, but his entrance into the world was very fast. I actually didn't make it to the delivery room. Uh, so I labored really fast and I delivered him pretty So I actually delivered him in the waiting room. And when I delivered him, he was, um, he didn't cry. He did he didn't, uh, as soon as he came out, he started, he, he did not cry at all. Um, so with cropping and uh, the, the doctor um, finally got him to cry, but his cry was really weak. Then um, as a pediatrician wasn't there, um, but she came in like 30 minutes later. So she came and observed the baby and she started asking me, did he cry? Did he, how was it? And then now, um, and then now she, she now she did not really discharge us, she, she let us go rest. Um, in the process of that one, instead I didn't take my time, but one thing I noticed is he would be asleep for, most of, of of the day and would hardly cry so that evening the evening i delivered him i i looked at him and i i saw is it my net or is it your net are you with us on i was also waiting for my family to you know notice and probably say something about it and they didn't so I was like, okay, fine, maybe it's me overthinking things. So again, he's not breastfeeding, he's not latching, he's, you know, get a pump express. So then thereafter, the following morning is when my pediatrician um, came and she told me, you know, um, I have a few concerns, um, but I just want to run tests before uh, I, I, I conclude anything. And right then I knew there was something wrong. So anyway, she drew blood and she told me that um, um, the chirotyping test has to be um, done out of the country and um, not to worry, these things happen. So immediately she, she did that. I will back my son into my room and I, I mean, it was a very emotional time and I was all alone and you know that whole thing of wondering what i mean what next what does this mean and then you turn to google and google has a very interesting way of showing you the next more of the negative than of the positive and i'd known about down syndrome um but i never i mean you know knowing and actually living through it is, is something totally different and um i think thereafter my doctor is the one who told me you know, that you need to pick yourself up you are not going to be the first and you're not going to be the last so i need you to be able to cry and pick yourself up this baby needs you and um you're going to start therapy immediately and right then then now he got jaundice and um he had to be put in um under under light for three days it was actually a very i think you're in a daze um then anyway, I got, I have amazing support from my family and my husband. And I think um, because I didn't want to start therapy immediately because her suggestion was I start after two weeks. 
I waited. I was hoping that the tests would come back negative. So at week six, I decided, let me just walk myself in. I, I, I mean, the worst that can happen is we do therapy and he doesn't need it. So um, he's now four. We did therapy twice a week. I had to stop working um, because my husband used to work out of town. And um, so it has been a journey of many tears, but what keeps us going is a day at a time. He, he walked at 20 months, and I think one thing that I'm learning is to be patient. Um, there is no competition. Um, it's very comparison but I think it has taught me that he is so unique he is so different that I appreciate everyone in their unique differences um, so the current milestone we are working on is speech and potty training and uh, he is just a joy he is so amazing he is musical he is funny he is attentive being he's a lovely addition to our family his brothers love him and we we are really blessed to have him um even despite the fact that you don't know about tomorrow i think that's another thing that as parents once we get the diagnosis um we always jump to we we are 20 years ahead and wondering what will happen in 20 years but for for now for me i have now learned to live a day at a Thankfully, he has had problems. He has had uh, his hearing is great. His eyesight is um, re is not good, so he wears um, he's short sighted. He wears glasses. Um, his thyroid is a bit overactive, so he has hypothyroidism. But fortunately, we are not on any medication because he doesn't. He is um, asymptomatic. He does not. He's not. Um, T4 and T3 are elevated, but his um, his hyperactivity does show like someone who has hypothyroidism. Uh, we started school before COVID, and uh, thankfully we were able to get a school that is um, inclusive. Uh, so he was in playgroup and he was doing well, um, but then uh, it happened. But we, we're do, trying to do whatever we can do at home, but I mean, it's been quite an, a journey that I never knew that I would be able to handle. Yeah. But for sure, you're you're handling it, yeah, and I'm sure you're handling it pretty well. The good thing with the good thing is when God gives you the special children, there is no map or there is no guideline of how you're going to do it. But you find the grace that you find yourself actually uh doing it and it is yeah. it is a good thing that you are you're able to how would i call it you're able to have the support system that is there surrounding you especially at this time because most of the time i know like i'm sure when 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 you give birth and you you as a mother you always have that gut feeling like i'm sure you it was not your first child right so you're like there is just something that is just not it you know but we always find the grace to embrace so not tell us the test what is actually that test what does it do did the doctor even explain that to you um, so it's called chirotyping. Mm -hmm. um, it's just a test on whether there is an extra chromosome. Um, you have, I mean, it actually counts how many chromosomes you have. 
-hmm. And unfortunately, we are not able to do it here, and it's very expensive. When we were doing it back, it was around, is it 18,000? Wow. Um, and then now, when a child is born, they also check for congenital hypothyroidism. So mm -hmm. they run quite a number of tests, and um, um, they check on heart mama, um, you do an echo, mm -hmm. all those things. So the chirotriping was just specific to confirm whether he does have an extra chromosome. Mm -hmm. And it, it was done, I think, in Germany. So, yeah. Okay. So you, yeah. how long did you, how long did you have to wait? I think I waited, I, I started therapy before the results came in. I, I, they took about 10 weeks. Okay, what therapy exactly did you start with? So I started with uh, both uh, physiotherapy and occupational therapy. Mm -hmm. um, at least an hour, an hour and a half, every, I mean, twice a week. So it was OT and P, uh, physiotherapy. Um, and I did for a while when he got to two. Mm -hmm. um, then now, um, we did speech for about one year. Mm -hmm. And then now I, so I decided to withdraw him from speech. Okay. Have you, yeah. have you, have you looked at an alternative way of communication with him? Um, no, because he's verbal. Oh, okay. um, I mean, he's able, we have been working on vocabulary. So far, we have been successful. He's doing two-word sentences. Okay. So he's able to tell mama, come, mm -hmm. you know. He's able to communicate, and he is a very good communicator. Mm -hmm. So I'm really thankful. So it's just now building on the two-word sentences to three-word sentences. Yeah, but and then also being able to be articulate because I I think I'm able to understand him. It's very hard for other people to understand him because mm -hmm. um his tongue is slightly heavy. Mm -hmm. So I mean it's a bit difficult for other people to understand. But he will let you know when he's unhappy, he will let you know when he's happy, and I think that's um a pretty basic way to begin. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and you're very lucky that he's actually started talking because I know like with yeah. my nephew, uh, what I saw, what they do out in the UK is they use the, the Makaton language and the cards, which helps at least when you're, you're trying to have that conversation with them. And also there is the hearing and, and <clears throat> these are, if you, if you look at uh, the, the character traits of, of DS and also autism, you, you see they're very similar, right? Because if you look at like even the the delayed milestones and stuff like that and uh, all, all these other challenges that we all go through they are very very pretty similar so who was the yeah. first person in your family to like uh come out and tell you i i think we should have the baby checked because there is always at least someone who or or was there Kamkunji, then they they vote someone to come <laughs> to come and say like I, I think we need to have a look and you know consult the doctor did you have a challenge like that well, um, I think we first started with uh, my side of the family. My side, I have three sisters who are over, like they have my back. So it was now, now, and they would keep prompting me. So what do you think? What, what next? And um, my mom has been very supportive um, to the extent of taking me for, she actually took me for the first um, neurodevelopmental clinic. 
And I mean, the fact that she, I mean, put time aside to, she never gave me her opinion or, or what, what she thinks. She just, like, she was waiting for me to, to help her um, be able to support me because, um, I mean, it's all new for everyone. You can imagine even they are grieving. Um, I mean, uh, she's, she was grieving her grandson. My sisters were grieving um, their nephew. But they, they kind of, they never showed me the side of their struggling with the diagnosis. It was always, so what next? So what did the doctor say? So what, do you, what are you doing? What do you, what do you want me to do for you? So we kept it um, like that. And then about after a year, again, acceptance, I will repeat, is a process. Because, you know, um, for you to explain someone some, um, something or a concept, you need to be fully engaged. You need to be, you need to have cushioning. You need to have that patience. So it took us one year to break it to now our other side of the family and i mean they took it as well but we have never thankfully we have never had someone having um very negative opinions i mean we have shut down um a few people who have um different a different way of approaching him but i mean we were very clear we do not want pity we do not want him to be handled as different mm -hmm. the same way you'd handle any other family member is the same way would appreciate that everyone does and uh, we were very open to them you know being part of um, the process uh, yeah so no not not quite mm. yeah okay and 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 how how did um Okay, at what age did you do the test, first of all? Was it immediately at birth or after you saw the delayed milestones? No, no, no. It was at birth. Mm -hmm. Oh, then um, I forgot to mention that usually the scan that is done at 12 weeks, usually um, for people above the age of 40 is what I realized that um, they pay more attention. So they, they do the scan at 12 week, weeks to see whether there are any i think they usually look at the navel, nasal um, cavity oh, and the the neck fine, yeah. so the fact that i was 30 oh. 34 mm -hmm. they didn't quite but in fact i i i had a bone to pick with the sonographer mm -hmm. because i was very heavy during his pregnancy and by the time i was going for my last scan at 36 weeks he actually told me this baby is so big if you're not careful you'll not be able to deliver then my son comes out he's 2.2 kilos wow <laughs> anyway so yeah um, the, the challenges we go through you know <laughs> i'm telling you i'm telling you and then you know i mean you're you you've already gone into labor knowing this is going to be crazy then the yeah. baby comes out is 2.2 mm. oh my baby thankfully above 3.1 okay and he's so tiny mm. and you know 
well, at, yeah. least, at least we had a baby. You know, the way these days it is, you go in, if you come out, you say, thank you, Jesus. I don't know why we're having yeah. so much of those. How was it actually getting him to wear specs? You mentioned that he wears spectacles. How, how, how did you handle that? Because I can imagine you mentioned hyper and then you mentioned specs. I'm trying to think how I see my nephew, how many have been broken, one minute it's pulled, and, and even just how many sunglasses leave alone spectacles that we've had broken in our own household. How do you handle that? Wow, it's a, it's it's an ongoing challenge. It's not that I have uh, mastered the art. Uh, I personally have lost one of his uh, glasses. Um, I guess that being able to handle it, it is very difficult because he's very sensitive. He doesn't want anything touching his face, and um, so he keeps removing them. Mm. And now we also have challenges of the neighbor's children being very um, interested in what is going on. So they, uh-huh. there is ones that I oh, sent I him out with them, he came back without them. So what we've resorted to do is for him to wear them when he's watching TV. But you know, the hard thing is it's, it's not long-sighted, it's short-sighted. Mm. So it's important for him to have them constantly when he's playing or interacting. So he can also be able to read people's cues and, you know, um, have an understanding of people's nonverbal communication. So I think we haven't quite cracked it. Um, We are slowly figuring out. We have decided to have two sets of glasses just in case one goes missing. At least we have another pair. Um, But he keeps even, he keeps playing with them. We have lost lenses. We have actually gotten lenses. It's by the way, it's um, it's chaotic. Yeah, it is. what to do? You do the best you can do. Of course, we have to yeah. do that. Let me just yeah. bring on screen the characteristics you mentioned earlier. I I yeah. hope you guys can see right. Um, yeah, so this is what I was talking about uh, for for Down syndrome. So these are the characteristics: mm-hmm. the the line, we, the crease we were talking about on the palm, the gap, mm-hmm. and the facial features. You can see, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. The, the, these are the ones we are talking about. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, the the health risks that could. It's not a must. You can have one of either of them. We could be affected. Yeah. And the most common yeah. I've had is the hearing, the sight. The yeah. I think the I think the eyes is one of the most striking feature. Like all, ninety eight percent, right? Of 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 uh, persons with Down syndrome have the the allow me to call them slit eyes. Yeah, the angulate angulated uh, yeah. eyes. And 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 the one thing um, I remember when I was down in SA and I went to Down Syndrome Society of Pretoria to just hang out with the teenagers or who have Down syndrome and autism, and um, <clears throat> we went for a, a dance class with them. And the one thing I yeah. appreciate with the neurodiverse community is the amount of love these kids have, because the, the, the way it was genuine. And these were teenagers. I, you know, I, that's a question I, I usually ask. Yes, we have them when they're kids, but where do they go to? Like, we don't have that set up. Because I was seeing these teenagers, 18, one is busy telling me, will you be my girlfriend? And I'm like, oh my God, you're so cute. 
<laughs> you know, because they at that time and just seeing them in that element that it is okay. And them giving me stories that, oh, so-and-so is dating so-and-so. And I'm like, this is pretty cool. Like we should have like a club like that. So you can imagine that. this is then they were doing community service because we went to, with them to, um, to a hospice and just spent time with them and I was trying to understand what they do and how their school setups are like. Same applies to the mm -hmm. UK. They have a day where they go and help in the supermarket, you know. Like I know even during COVID, they had a day where, um, like there was timeline set aside for special needs mm -hmm. so that you have your own time, your own speed for shopping. And those are the things we take for granted here in our country and in Africa. We, we, we do not consider the special needs community. And it's something that we really need to change, yeah? So uh, for you, uh, the way you were saying, like, take your child and embrace them here and now. What is your greatest mm -hmm. fear? Oh, that's an interesting <laughs> question, Sylvia. There are many. Let's, okay, give us top three. Top, top three. Up, off the top of my head, it's that inclusion and acceptance of <laughs> his... Um, of who he is. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, um, I think the one thing that we struggle with, and it's it's my husband and I, is what will happen to him when we die. Yeah. Um, and it's such a difficult question. And if I have, at the back of my mind, yes, I will think of my sons able to take on, but my sons can only do so much. But if he is in a society where no one has taken the time to accept that this, this is who he is and there's nothing wrong with who he is. He is just different. Is what is troubling. It's society. It's um, the acceptance of his capabilities and the inclusion that he is a human being just like me and you. He is capable of doing anything. So I think acceptance of society about um, the difference that, I mean, the, 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 the different way he approaches things. Then the other one is, um, I think you've mentioned teenagehood. It's um, him being able to um, go through all the stages of life without feeling the difference and and then now obviously with that comes um anything to do with sexual um him being molested and him not being able to um speak up uh, or call out um yeah. i think that would be another thing and 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 just i think another fear is I have realized that because I, I am challenged to be that, I would not want my reservations or my restrictions on how I approach life have a negative impact on him. So it's me being um, aware that this is the first time I'm doing this. For me not to have or let my inhibitions stop him from flourishing i think yeah that 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 for me is the biggest thing because yes we are living a day at a time but i need to think about his future and here i am struggling trying to balance everything 
uh, and you know, time time is important. So if I'm busy trying to I'm struggling trying to figure myself out. I'm worried a negative impact on him. So it's for me to be conscious to know that you know he needs me to be um, a bit um, chap chap. Let me let me pick it put it that way, and for me to be able to balance everything out. Yeah. So those those are the the, the three. Yeah, we all, we all, I, I, I know that that adolescence uh, fear, I uh, we are at 10 and uh, you can see, you can see the changes, you can see them more aware, you can see the curiosity. And it's, it's something that as much as we've even tried to handle it here, living it is a different story altogether. And, and that's, mm -hmm. that's, that's crazy. Living it is a, a whole new level of trying to just embrace the whole thing. And also now the siblings, sometimes do you get to feel like uh, that need for supporting almost everything, like it's also mm, encroaching in the life of the, of, of the siblings, like they, they have to uh, come through for him and uh, that same fear, like, oh, what happens? And I know one of the things why I do what I do when it comes to advocacy is just that thought that what if I'm not here? What will happen? What 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 will if maybe even my neighbor does not understand the, the child, you know, because there is this African 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 culture and um, the attitude that people have towards special needs and just anyone who's different. We're all different. Why do we treat them like they're extra extra different? They're all unique. All of us are unique in our own ways. So that's why we always also I encourage people like focus on his ability. Yeah, yes, he's different, fine, but he can do X, Y, Z. He can do, you know. And that's how uh, how we should raise them. And I like the way you said uh, your own fears, your own limitations, uh, <clears throat> limiting them to thrive. And I think when I listen to that, and if I look back, and I'm, I'm seeing like there are things, um, especially with my 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 youngest, and I'm like. Is it our limitations and the fear that, oh, because it said, oh, you cannot do this, oh, you might not be able, we are holding them back instead of letting them be, you know, be that curious boy, go run around, but then we're just being mothers, so don't feel guilty, you're just being a mother. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. that nurturing and protection, that's why you're there, it is your duty, it's just that uh, when we were talking to Jerry the other day, she was saying, um, for us as parents, we need to let them, the special children, just go and explore because she was telling us the first day she told the mom today i don't want you to pick me up i want to take the bus and the mom was just like at the edge of the chair like oh my baby <laughs> you know but that is just us that is how we feel the gear because when we are in charge we know we're protecting and you look at when they're growing up now you tell me this part i don't know how your experience has been especially now with other children and socialization mm. and stigma which is the hardest part when did he ever go through any stigmatization or words were said and stuff like that? What are your top three worst experiences when it comes to that? Wow. Mm -hmm. um, I think what gets me is this, the people staring. Mm -hmm. uh, the, and it's a stare longer than usual. It is the you know the gosh get your handle your child mm -hmm. um i mean you know mm -hmm. um that is one um and then you hear uh something why 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 wouldn't he listen i mean you've told him what you're communicating 
Mm-hmm. Na hasikizi. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and that that ha- that came out from a house here. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? The stairs. Um, what else? I, I okay. Right now, I think those are those are the two 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 things I would think of. Luckily, I I I I don't know whether I have been sheltering him, but um, I mean, within the neighborhood we're staying, he is um free to mingle. Um, but I can see my elder son actually struggles with why doesn't Tagia listen? Why does he, why do I have to be the one who has to go and, you know, look what he's doing or where he's at? So maybe to touch on where the siblings come in. Yes, I feel like there is an extra amount of weight that we place on our, our firstborn and even now the, the lastborn. Um, but I think I have been very conscious that I am available for my elder son to be able to ask questions. So it is having conversations around, you know, Tagia will get there, but he will take slightly longer. And you are uh, his bigger brother. You have to um, what teach him how not to do certain things or teach him how to do certain things. And, you know, and we applaud him when he's able to um, speak up or, or, or do something um, for his brother. I, I think I have realized that uh, my elder son has so much compassion um, for, for people and, and, and especially his brother that he's able to tell me, you know, mommy, this, that, and the other about the Kagi. And, and um, we have had conversations of um, the comparisons. Why is and why is and why is my my nephew, who is the same age as him, able to do one, two, three, and Gitadia is not? So um, I think I have been open, and also I I tend to make sure that I have enough time for, especially the eldest, that I send the others to sleep, and then now we do a catch up with him. So yeah, I think that's that's my other addition. Yeah. Sylvia, you're muted. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> I'm saying it's good to hear that, yeah, apart from the, the stairs always come when, when they're doing things, when even you're just walking because people see the difference, you know, uh, or like when you talk to them and, and they can't talk and guys are like, but you're this age, you should know how to talk, you know. People don't excuse. Yeah. People are very, very judgmental and harsh in that. But at least uh, socially, like with other kids, have you had an experience uh, um, where the other children have looked at him differently or have questioned the same way your son has now outside in the social setup? Or have you protected him so much that he has not had to deal with that? So I think the one I, I um, children um, find him a bit rough because he is very loving. He wants to hug and he wants to kiss. Yeah. Yeah. And children, I think, know a lot more of social distancing. Mm-hmm. So yes, there has been that whole thing of uyu ananichapa, 
anafanya hivi so with children yes it it has been um quite a bit um but we've grown up hardly i mean the fact that he will see you and he doesn't know you and he'll say hi and then he reaches out his hands and wants to hug you and wants to kiss someone you personally don't know i think that give you heart palpitations <laughs> i know who is that and then and then you will hear even people saying gosh i i want your son and then now you know you start wondering gosh is he is he um i mean is he that is he going to attract people that much and maybe i don't know who you will attract mm -hmm. so there is that fear i think for me now for children yes i will agree there is that not being able to understand the difference um like they, they i mean in class i remember his teacher telling me that um everyone wants to sit next to him and i found it very very strange because he's very if he likes you he likes you yeah he'll want that's, to that's have a very clean-hearted like roho safi yes so that was a thing that i was worried about and he has also been taught to give okay give a hug and step aside mm. so it's not that if um, he's able to understand but you just have to keep you know prompting him mm. you know one hug is good enough one kiss is good enough yeah <laughs> okay okay i'm just trying yeah. you know I, I, i'm 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 laughing because i i go through the same um even with mine because uh uh my last one baby B, as we call him he is too loving like everyone is a friend on the street and you know that for me i feel i'm the one who faces that that feeling of the rejection from public because there are people sometimes who don't understand that and you know in this day and age it's not like Kitambo where greeting people was kawaida these days you greet someone who doesn't know you they look at you like oh, what, what's wrong why are you saying hi to me you know but africa used yeah. to be like that we used to be like that so the baby will be like hi my friend how are you so there are people who will respond and there are those yeah. ones who look at him like why are you saying you know there is that uh, yeah aloof kind of a feeling for me as a parent sometimes i'm like ouch you know but then they don't feel it because of the purity and the genuinity of where it's coming from but for you as a parent you're like really 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 it's a baby it's a child like you know just it doesn't yeah. have to just respond and that purity mm. of soul is something that i don't think can ever be replaced and and, and especially kids just have it in abundance and i'm sure if, if you was to go to like your sister or something that day that house would feel empty because you always feel the void of all yes. that love and affection that they usually bring and they brighten yes. um uh, the room I, I don't know if we have any questions from those in attendance so if you do kindly drop it on um the chat or you can also raise your hand as as we're all as we're almost summing up and yes what would you what would be your message to other parents um who are raising special needs children one and uh just the general public in view of the stigma that is associated with special needs persons um as we want okay so I think the message I would give to um, other parents who have probably gotten the diagnosis of Down syndrome is it is fine to cry. It is fine to take your time to process. 
and my story is mine, yours will be different. Um, for me, my, my, my faith has grown because, I mean, it's, it gets to a point where you realize you can't do much. You have to leave it to God because he's the one who specifically chose you to be a parent to this beautiful child. And for me, it has been um, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. That for me has been something I have held on to. I stopped leaning on my own understanding because mine is, it's hard to um, understand. I mean, it, 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 it's not God's. So um, the other thing is live a day at a time. Carry out the tests, do the echo, do the thyroid function test, do the um, eye test, do, uh, do um, the gastrointestinal um, test. Be aware of you can have more time concentrating on now building him to be the person that he needs. But even having said that, I mean, healthcare in Kenya is chaotic. This, all these tests cost money. NHIF uh, doesn't cover majority of them. So it is a strain on a parent. So I think um, to start off is yes, do the tests, um, start therapy as early as possible. Early intervention um, increases the chances of this child being able to achieve the full um, potential. Um, that's, that's, that's two. Number three is get a support system. Get um, a support system by advocating for your own child. So it starts from home. Let people around you understand and the people around is you start with family help them have a better understanding of the situation that you help them understand that this is the challenge that you're facing and, um cue them in because guess what there will be advocates for the child when you're not there or when they're out mingling with other people um support groups i belong to t21 and it has been an amazing support because you are not alone. We are over 200 moms um, spread within um, Kenya. And um, we support each other. We ask questions. We support where someone is able to, to financially meet needs, where we can. Um, um, inclusion for and healthcare. So join a group that um, you understand each other's um, pain. You understand other's challenges. Um, that three, three, and then dream, dream for your child. Um, don't be scared to dream, and then also put your plan into action for them. If it is school, let them go to school. Let them do what it is your typical child will do. But dream and 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 foster an environment that um, they feel loved and appreciated, just like your typical children. To the general public, I think it just starts with 
acceptance. Um, ignorance is never um, a defense. With my I will I will be I will put aside my 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 insecurities and probably have a conversation around it. Um, you know, ask Google, find out, um, accept us, touch. Um, don't say we are not say I can't keep my child. Take time to find out why he is the way he is. Um, and also, I mean, love, love your neighbor yourself. So I think for the general public, it is, um, yeah, basically, um, yeah, I, I think I, yeah, that's, that's what I have for now. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you very much for, for that summary. And that is very, very well said. And it applies across board for the entire neurodiverse uh, squad, like I like to call it, the neurodiverse squad, the team or parents, caregivers, all of us are like one community. And we, we, we face the same challenges and we will uh, grow to, together if we stick together and, and support each other. And I like what you guys are doing at T21. And yeah, this, this month was actually Down Syndrome Awareness Month. And uh, this was a, an awesome way to just sum it all up and at least post and get to learn about it. The official uh, international day is normally March 25th, right? March 25th. 21st. 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 Yes. 21st. That's World Down Syndrome Day. Yes, that's yeah. all Down syndrome day. The color is green and yellow. No, no. No, no. Blue and what yellow. Are what are yellow? Blue and yellow. Blue and yellow. Which blue? Dark blue, though. Uh, not navy, yeah, but um, yeah. almost close to a uh, royal blue. Like royal thereabout, yes. And yellow. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Green, green is CP. And and we also had a lot of CP this month. This month, because on the 6th of October yeah. is World CP Day. Autism and second of April, who am I leaving? ADHD was this, this month was also actually ADHD awareness, uh, funny. And for those who don't understand, like actually if you look at our butterfly today, let me take the chance to just, it, it's what we're talking about. The process of your child growing from that, uh, if you look at the butterfly, it's, it's, um, it, it, it's metamorphosis from that egg to the maggot, and then it comes up to this beautiful, beautiful animal. And you'll find there is no one butterfly that looks like the other. Have you ever known that? Never can you find one butterfly that is exactly like the other. And that also applies to our special needs children. If we nurture them, we give them everything that they need and we allow them time to go through their life. Eventually they will become their own beautiful butterfly. And in, in the colors of uh, why it is black is because Andy speaks that in Africa. And here, this is the Kenyan flag, that's where we start. And then this is the symbol for autism, the grace for invisible disabilities, and also you will find, uh, um, uh, yes. And then we have the yellow and the blues, then we have more of the blue here and here, that is for DS. 
We have purple for epilepsy, we have orange for ADHD, we have green for CP, and that is what our butterfly is all about. I'm sure not many people knew about that. So that is what our butterfly stands for. And this is just to encompass the entire neurodiverse community as one and what we stand for and the challenges that we do. And our children will thrive and fly and become these beautiful butterflies that will spread the love and their beauty and their uniqueness to the rest of the world. And uh, thank you very much, Wanjira, for coming today and for taking your time to share with us your story and also to enlighten us about Down syndrome. As I mentioned earlier, this was our season finale uh, for this year. And we will be back, pardon the noise today, we are not in studio. <laughs> we will be back uh, again and we have already a lot lined up for, for the caregivers and parents. We will be focusing now on the project for supporting the neurodiverse community with medication, which is what we've been championing and doing fundraising for. And we are still going on with that because we understand each other. We know where it pinches the most. And one of the greatest things that we are suffering and struggling with is medication for our children uh, because construction has come back i would like to say thank you very much for those who've been with us through and through remember you can watch all the other episodes on our youtube channel that is andy speaks for special needs persons the same on facebook or the group if you want to join for support for encouragement for enlightenment and for sharing just exactly what is going on and and you know just being with other parents who are walking the same and we have the social media handles that is Andy Speaks 4, that is on Twitter. You can follow the conversation. That's where we discuss policy and also uh, changes and, and things that we would like to see change in the community and the events that are going on. And on Instagram, it is Andy Speaks, just Andy Speaks, so it's written up there. And we look forward to seeing you next time. We shall we'll let you know when we come back. And at least we hope that Corona will be over and we will be able to go back to live TV airing of the Neurodigest show. As always, I am your host, Sylvia Muramu Chabo, the founder and executive director for Andy Speaks for Special Needs Persons. So, till next season, don't go away. And if you'd like for us to bring something urgently, you're always right here and we will be back. So, thank you and have a fabulous, fabulous holiday season. Our holiday start early with November, which is tomorrow. <laughs> so enjoy. I will be seeing you. And thank you. Thank you very much, Njira, for joining us. And for everyone who has joined us, we say a big thank you. And we hope we have been a great support during this difficult time of the pandemic. And we have Evelyn saying, Asante Sana Sylvia, Wanjira, big up. And to everyone else, don't forget, take a rest. Receive. You cannot give from an empty cup, like we always say. So take time to love you also as you're loving our children. All right. Do have a fantabulous weekend until next time. Ciao. Thank you. You're welcome, Mama Siki. Thank you.